0: Hello, hello everybody. How are you guys doing? It's great to be here with you. Uh, I see we've got a couple of hundred of you already tuned in. Please make sure that if you hit the like button, it helps the channel to grow. Uh, if you're new here, maybe you found uh, this video uh, through the search or someone sent you the link. My name is Richard Medhurst. I'm a British journalist and producer. And today I have a very special guest with me. I have my lovely cousin, Roni, who has not been on the show for quite some time. Roni, how are you doing? Hello guys,
1: how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Richard. Again, it's been a long time, huh? It's been a, it's long,
0: been time. a long time, and the last time you came here I had like fifty subs or something. But uh we've come a long Absolutely. way. Absolutely, I remember. Yeah, so right now the thing it's that we wanted to there. do, let me let me break this down. Basically, there's a guy called Jordan Peterson. And yes. he, he's a clinical psychologist by profession, okay? And he he did an interview – I'm going to put this up on the screen. He did an interview with an Israeli ambassador, uh, the former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. And this was like one and a half hour of, of – I mean the most excruciating thing I've ever had to listen to in my life. And, and politics is my job, so I listen to a lot of excruciating stuff every single day. So just to give you an idea how bad this was. And – I've put together a selection of clips that we're going to go through one by one, uh, just to kind of debunk the, the horse excrement that was, um, inflicted, uh, um, you know, upon, upon our Our spirits when we listen to this because it's really bad and and regrettably it's not from the israeli ambassador alone who of course is you know giving a biased uh point of view when he's talking about palestine when he's talking about uh the arab world but it's it's even from jordan peterson which again i'm not i'm not quite sure how his his profession relates to uh the you know palestinian
1: issue or uh, the arab world here's the thing here's the thing richard i think uh at this point, if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, he's like, uh, for the last couple of years, he's been going viral. Uh, he's a, he's, he's uh he's one of the best in his field. Uh, he, he's a clinical psychologist that you just mentioned. Uh, he teaches at the University of Toronto in Canada and, uh, he has a couple of books out, amazing books to be honest. When it comes to his field, he knows what he's doing. And the last couple of months though, after he gained all that, uh, uh, let's say power in some in some way uh he started uh branching branching out he started mm-hmm. talking about politics uh specifically uh canadian politics uh he is considered conservative as well uh i followed a lot of his uh a lot of his work i always always ca- considering that I live in Canada and I do care a little bit about politics. I always like follow his point of view because I am not a conservative, but I do have somehow like uh, always ask myself, how do they think? And he's the perfect representative for that. So every once in a while, he talks about international affairs, international politics. And this was surprising a little bit to me because that's when he decided to talk about Palestine and that, for me, that struck home, you know, I was like, OK, I need I need to uh scratch that itch. I need to talk about it. Yep.
0: Yep. So we're going to play a couple of these clips and it's it's really bad. It is really bad. You know, I've I have been I, investigating. I tell the viewers, cringe alert. This one is an extreme cringe, cringe alert. And, and it, it's really bad. It is.
1: It is. You can you can clearly see how how uh, how just misinformed. <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. I'm going to let her rip. Let's go.
2: I've been investigating the background and the significance of the Abraham Accords, which are a peace initiative signed a few years ago, aimed at stabilizing and bringing prosperity and security and opportunity to the Middle East. And they look to me like the most uh, noteworthy move towards something approximating peace in the Middle East that might have occurred in the last, certainly since the Second World War, perhaps since the First World War. And that's really saying something in such a fractious world where so much of the conflict has been centered in that area as it has been for so many thousands of years.
0: Okay, hold on. First of all, I'm really confused about his timeline. He's mixing up World War Two, World War One. I. I mean, listen, the, the Abram Accords that he's talking about, this, this was signed between Israel and Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates, UAE. I don't understand... How you can make peace with a country you were never at war at to begin with. Because that is exactly the case between Israel and Bahrain, Israel and the UAE. These countries were not only uh, not at war with each other, but they were on very friendly terms under the table, right? So these governments were dealing with each other in a wide array of issues, right? From economic to intelligence to military. Under the table. And they basically just, you know, went out and did it in the open now and made it official. And it, I think it's just a question of time before Saudi Arabia joins in. But, but, uh, uh, you know, this idea that it's supposed to bring peace and prosperity to the Middle East, I don't understand who he's talking about. Do you, Roni?
1: Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's quite funny to see, like, how they, uh, as you said, if it's under the table, uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Unfortunately, again, like, as a, white male in in Canada from Alberta or from Connecticut, you're not going to know this stuff. As an Arab, you will. As an Arab, you always know that Gulf countries, as an Arab, you always know that Saudi, UAE, uh every, each one of them, Qatar, they always had, because it, there was yep. no, never war to begin with, as you just mentioned. It was just, again, the idea or the concept of Arab versus uh, Jewish people, or Arab versus Israel. They wanted to implant that and this is how they uh, how they market it it's, exactly uh, it, it, it's, it, it's a it bogus uh,
0: exactly exactly it's this this like um uh bogus you know confrontation and it's so funny because in the beginning of the interview he says that you know oh well well uh, uh people try to make this out to be a um uh, a really complex uh, a simple thing from a from a complex thing right they, they try to uh denigrate it and and make it into simple. it is very simple it is absolutely simple. But again, we'll get into it as the video goes along. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh,
3: continue with the clips, right? Let, let's go. You remember that in 2010, you had Tunisia underwent this revolution. You saw it in Egypt. You saw Libya. You saw Syria. Some of them were violent. Some of them were not violent. In Yemen, in Iraq, all across the region, things were starting to get unstable. And so regimes that were certain of their hold on power for decades to come were less certain.
0: Roni,
4: your thoughts? It's 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 uh it's funny.
1: It's it's actually he should be a comedian, he should be a comic. <laughs> talking talking about 2010 and the Arab Spring like they had nothing to do with it. Absolutely. And it's pretty much easy because I, I have I have I have to say, you know. Need to put up the disclaimer, the spoilers or alert, and tell them, guess what? If I say that Israel had something to do with the uh, Arab Spring, uh, Spring, I'm not an anti-Semite. I'm oh, my not oh my God! Against. Oh uh, my God, dude! The, the funniest thing to me. Nowadays.
0: I've shown this clip a million times on the show. Literally, okay. So just very simply, in Israel, their equivalent of the CIA, their intelligence service, is the Mossad. The former head of the Mossad, so this is the former chief of Israel's intelligence service, was on Al Jazeera saying that Israel was giving medical assistance to Al Qaeda fighters just because those fighters were working towards the same goal as Israel, which is to destabilize the Syrian government. So it's not me saying that or you saying that, that is the Israelis themselves, someone with a much higher pay grade than him admitting it on
1: camera. Absolutely, but it's never looked at that way. They always look at it as, oh, we're doing the humane work of, uh, saving and helping ISIS fighters. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what matters. So they always look at the other side of the lens. As you mentioned, it's very, it's not complex. It's very simple. But for them, what's simple is very different from what Palestinians think or Arabs or, or any, any, any person with common sense would think is simple.
3: And Iran is a Shia radical power. They not only threaten the state of Israel, which everyone knows, uh, with destruction, but they also threaten their Sunni Arab neighbors. And as I would uh, sometimes uh, tell my my Arab friends, they want Riyadh for breakfast. uh, They want Jerusalem for lunch. And frankly, they want New York for dinner. I don't know if Toronto may be a midnight snack.
0: Wow. Iran is, is is so capable, right? Like he makes them out to be like this cartoon comic book villain that is just bent on world domination. They're going to spread to Riyadh and then they're going to take Jerusalem and then they're going to be in New York all of a sudden. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love also this like this rudimentary uh, uh uh, this simpleton analysis, like you have, you know, you have Sunnis on one side and you have Shias on another, and Israel is the victim, and and you're going to be next if you don't watch out. Even in Toronto, they're coming for you, man.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, unfortunately, that's the case. I have no idea how this scenario, how this script was written, that all Arabs, <laughs> like for example, are waiting to. Well, this is how they started the interview, right? This is how they started. The first sentence, the clip that you get, uh, that you get. I don't know if you can show this. Like they, that's the, that's the first second of the interview where Jordan Peterson is asking the ambassador and he starts by saying it's never about Arab and Jews, uh, it's about modernism and medieval. Jesus Christ. They always yeah. describe Arabs as these barbaric people who are just waiting to kill, uh, kill each other or waiting to uh, bomb each other yeah waiting. I don't know. he said don't that
0: know what he, he he said that Israel is going towards modernity and and the arabs are are going back to the middle ages. This is so funny yeah. to me because he is literally saying that you know uh. Two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years ago, uh, God gave them this land and that's why they have a right to it. It's their homeland. So that guy We're gonna it, get to
1: that. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> that's even, that's even.
0: But it's like you said, it's, it's extre- you know, they talk about racism, I mean that, that is extremely, extremely, uh, I don't even know what to say, xenophobic, ignorant to say the least, right? Like, that, uh, Israel is, is the, the future and everybody else is a caveman because they don't agree with our politics. Wow.
1: Wow. Let's go. Let's it gets worse. It's not it's not the first time uh, that you these see
3: these regime. Well.
1: Let's go. Let's go
3: <clears throat> have been poisoning their populations against Israel for six, seven decades. So it's very hard for them to turn on a dime and say all of a sudden, hey, you know, we need to do this for the good of our countries. It is very difficult. Look, They don't have democracies. They're authoritarian systems. Some people say it's, you know, more benevolent or less benevolent, but they're all authoritarian systems.
0: So he, he was talking about in this section how it's really difficult for Saudi Arabia or whoever wants to, you know, establish ties with Israel to just do that because they've been poisoning their populations. Nah, man, you done that yourself. You done that yourself. When when Israel behaves the way that it behaves, when, you know, they're killing Palestinians, uh, the ratio is, 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 I mean, you have like 30, 40 times more Palestinians being killed. I can just give you the 2009 war for as an example but we'll get to figures in a second. In 2009, I think you had 67 dead Israelis, most of them military, and on the Palestinian side 2,500 killed, most of them civilians. That that is what poisons people against Israel. It's Israel's behavior. No one wakes up in the morning and says, "You know what? I'm going to go and ask King uh, uh whoever uh, uh, Abdullah II what he thinks about Israel." Although he won't be too critical, but uh th- that that is really funny to me and and um just to give you another example, in Morocco, for which he, he talks about, that they now have better ties with Israel, the Israeli diplomats can't find apartments in Morocco because no one wants them. They cannot find apartments. I mean, that is one of the most embarrassing and comical things I've ever heard. They literally have, have nowhere to go in Morocco because the people don't like what they're doing to the Palestinians.
1: Unfortunately, that is absolutely accurate, what you just said, the uh, it's not, it's not that Arabs just woke up one day and decided to hate, uh, whether it's Zionist or Jewish because sometimes they get them confused. No, it's Z- Zionist. But, uh, the funny thing about it, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of, uh, uh, for example, example uh, Sam Harris, he's an atheist. He's a world renowned atheist. He talks about this stuff. He has a lot of debates with Jordan Peterson as well. Uh, there is also this professor. That I, that I mentioned before, his name is Gatsat. uh he's Lebanese Jewish here in Montreal, he teaches here as well, and they always have this concept that whenever you, uh, whenever you bring up Israel, or the Middle East, or any, anything close to that region, they would always opt out of, well, guess what, they're both really bad, but we're always going to go with Zionism. Uh, like, if I have to choose, no, Islam is worse, I'm gonna go with Zionism. Look at Israel, look how advanced Israel is. <laughs> it's not because of the millions of, or billions of dollars in funding. It's not because you're educated and you come and your, your illegal settlements are, settlers are coming from Eastern Europe. We don't look at all of that. No, 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 we just look at like, our, our, our barbarians. The- just look how, uh, they hate Jews with no reason whatsoever. It's like, let's get this clear. I don't know if you agree with this uh, uh, on this with me. Jewish people for Arabs in Syria and Jordan, Palestine, no matter what country it is, they're not Adam Sandlers. They're not uh, They're not yeah. Seth Robins. That's not how they conceive them. That's not the North American. For us, 100% of the Jewish people that they are in contact with are either planning to kill them or like taking their land. So that's why, if it's by any chance get confused with Zionism, it's because that's what we are facing. Right, they, 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 they always we, conflate the two. That's why. That's why we have a problem with Zionism or Jewish people in Israel. That doesn't mean we simply hate Jews because we hate them. It's not Europe, man. We're not anti-Semites for no reason. Like it's it's it, it didn't just come up out of nowhere. That, that conflict, that hatred that exists for, for not renting someone who's from Israel an apartment. It's because I know that you're killing someone in Palestine in order to, like, it's very simple. It's the simple, the simplest thing. It's the same with the, with the, with the, with the boycotting. It's the same concept. It's, it's absolutely goes down to the fact. I don't want to pay you money for you, for you to go bomb or take, uh, it's, Take, take someones
0: life. yeah exactly and,
1: uh,
0: uh, uh, the, uh, the, someone. they they uh i i think the one of the next clips is peterson uh s- saying this this outlandish uh uh thing he he claims that like arabs hate Jews because they're more successful it's so horrible i i'll i'll just let's get to that in a second i'll I I let gave him... the
1: explanation i already gave the explanation yeah <laughs>
3: So Iranian and ISIS, I agree with you. Uh, I would say it's, it's terrorists who want to not only destroy their regimes, but they want to actually take the whole world back to the 8th century. And, you know, there's Sunni terrorists that want to take us to the 8th century. There's Shia terrorists that want to take us to the 10th century. Maybe they'll get together and they'll make a compromise and try to take us all back to the 9th century. But they're all bad and they're a huge problem for any regime that is actually focused on the future and does, don't want to go back to the dark ages.
4: Wow.
0: Didn't you hear, Ronnie? Apartheid is all the rage. It's the future.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's sad. This is the kind of comedy that we're seeing nowadays. This is this is how, like, yeah, let's compromise. Eight, nine, ten. 15. I don't know. And, what and, are
0: we, and yeah, no, he he wants he he's making fun of of Iran and um and Muslims, saying that they are they want to go back to the middle ages and meanwhile he is making the case for biblical times i mean talk about irony does he not hear himself how he contradicts himself what what a hypocrite i want to i want to say something else man you know the there there's a famous quote in Lawrence of Arabia when when faisal tells lawrence in, uh, that when uh, cordoba in, in in spain was under arab rule they had street lighting and london was a village so, sure, you want to talk about Middle Ages? Let's talk about the Middle Ages, when there was literally zero in Europe, complete Dark Ages, archaic, draconian politics, and yes. the Arabs were bringing all the medicine, all the astronomy, all of the advances in mathematics and science. You want to talk about Middle Ages? Yeah, there were that was the golden time for humanity. Absolutely. Translating people, people. a lot of the Greek philosophical, philosophical texts. I mean, what, what, what kind of insult is that? It's
1: not an insult at all. They, that's that's the the point as well. People forget that every civilization have has its ups and downs, right? Every uh once once upon a time, like uh the Muslim world, when we were talking about the Umayyads and w- when they went to Spain, they were the greatest on earth. More than in ninety percent of all stars out there are Arabic, have Arabic names because it's Arabs who discovered them. Yeah, so are, are we talking about the algebra? Are we talking about math in general? Physics? Medicine? What a rule. Unfortunately, it goes, it goes, it goes down to like, well, we forget our history and now we're just going to blame them and call them terrorists. Uh, that's just pretty much the case. However, even, even after the uh, Roman Empire, after the fall of the Roman Empire, uh, for 500 years, Europe was in the dark ages. What are we talking yeah. about? The only way, uh, that they were able to go back and be what they are today, entirety of Europe is because they, they raided one of the cities that were conquered by the Islamic state in, uh, Andalusia in Spain. And they came across a library that introduced them on how to read. And like, uh, this entire scenario where you're treating Arabs as this inferior race for some reason is beyond me. It's like, so uh, guess what? This is what we're telling you and you have to believe it and you don't have to doubt it or like go back just a little bit in history and learn a little bit more about the world. It's like calling Chinese people dumb and Arabs as terrorists, and Russians having some, I don't know. Yeah, suddenly what, what what he,
0: he's got no problem with racism, right? Like that's really, it's, if you just want to shut Palestinians up, you want to shut any critics of Israel up, just say that they're ninth century terrorists. You're very I don't know. I don't well know. done. This, this,
1: yeah, exactly. It it was very simple for him to crack that joke on our expense (laughs) because he knows that the audience that he's listening to, that, that, yeah, it's just. Exactly,
3: man.
0: Let's let let me
3: continue. It gets worse
0: from here, man. It gets worse on out. I know.
3: I know. The idea that there's a Middle East conflict singular is ridiculous. I mean, you could solve the Israeli-Palestinian issue tomorrow and it's not going to impact what's happening in Yemen or in Libya or in Iraq, in 10 other places, uh, countries around the region. Uh, but everybody focused on this being a Middle East peace process. It's not a Middle East peace process. It may be an Israeli-Palestinian peace process. If you solve that conflict, maybe it'll have some positive impact uh, beyond that conflict. But in the Middle East, you have a battle that is going on between the forces of modernity and medievalism. Israel is clearly on the force for modernity. As a country, as a society, as the one real democracy, if you came to Israel, we should have all the rights, free speech, (laughs) uh, uh, freedom of the press, independent courts, the things that we take for for granted in democratic societies. You don't have that anywhere else. And these societies are trying to overcome centuries of of this tyranny to see if they can chart a path for a different uh, future.
0: Wow. Yeah, he does, he didn't tell you the part where the Israeli courts are illegal under international law and they just set them up randomly and they start giving away Palestinian homes to, to, yeah, um, Jewish settlers. Let's not
1: mention the militias that killed, uh, hundreds of thousands or displaced hundreds of thousands, sorry, because, uh, I, I gotta be careful here with the word, with the numbers and the words, because I don't know if you watched the entire thing. It goes way into detail. Oh, numbers. I did. Yeah. I oh, suffered yeah. through it's that, lovely. man. It's lovely. I suffered I, it's, through this. It, yeah. It's it's horrible. It's like the entire conflict that happened only had like a minor, minor, minor.
0: Uh, yeah, with the say. figures, I, I I have that lined up. But again, it, we we basically talked about this. How he's saying that you know Israel is a force for modernity, and uh you know uh, everybody else is archaic. Yeah, it, love, you know love, making weapons to kill mean? people, very civilized. Well, well done, you know spying on journalists, killing them,
1: very civilized. <laughs> Yep. And he goes back to say like uh it's not a Middle East problem, it's a it's 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 Israeli Palestinian problem and you can solve it tomorrow. I really doubt that you can solve it tomorrow. I don't have any faith in you or in any other human being for that fact for that matter, because nobody can solve it tomorrow. Even Palestinians can't solve it tomorrow because they don't it's, it's hard enough to predict that you can solve it because the only way you can solve it is actually kill the five million Palestinians that you have or figure out a deal, uh, to, to get rid of them somehow, like you previously did with massacres. But other than that, I really find, ha- find it hard for anybody to find a solution. You can come up with theories, but that doesn't mean that they might happen or that Palestinians would be happy because at the end of the day, Palestinians nowadays, I don't know uh if this is gonna make any sense. They're not fighting for the land anymore. I don't think anybody in Palestine or any Palestinians out there is, is actually fighting for land. It's 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 about being born and coming being coming to this world and introduced getting introduced to this idea of injustice and that someone took something from you and you can never take it back. And you don't have the voice to do so. It is just the fact that they're fighting for principle, for, for the injustice, for something that yeah. doesn't make any sense in the world. And for that, I don't think anybody can offer them anything that would be remotely or close enough to, to, to satisfy the actual fact of them getting what they want, except for them getting their
3: land. But anyway. <laughs> the focus on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, why everybody believes... Uh, that this conflict is the root of everything, I think a lot of it has to do with the demonization of Israel for many, many decades. Because if you can cast Israel as the villain in that theater, and we're the powerful force against the Palestinians who are the weak party, and so therefore if it can all be cast to Israel and Israel can be blamed, I think that's sitting on thousands of years uh, of history. Wow. So I, I, again, we have this like whole mantra that
0: uh, Israel is the victim. And they've been doing this to us for thousands of years. I, I just want to read you something that, that you, you can literally just look up on Wikipedia. uh Just to show you how full of it that he is, man. If, if you look up uh, how the Jews were treated in Spain, for example. Okay. Look what it says here. Okay. It says that. The golden age of Jewish culture in Spain, which coincided with the Middle Ages in Europe, was a period of Muslim rule during which intermittently Jews were generally accepted in society and Jewish religious, cultural and economic life flourished. That's just one example. And you know as well as I do, you have Jewish quarters in Damascus, you have Jews in Syria, Lebanon, Morocco, you know, all over the Arab world and have been there for thousands of years. And he is taking the European guilt, the the white guilt In Europe, which massacred 6 million Jews and and shoving all of that on Arabs. Arabs did not commit the Holocaust. Arabs did not murder Jews and put them in gas chambers. Those were Europeans who did that. So he's he's trying to trick people into believing that this is also the case with Arabs and we just have something against Jews. Complete, utter rubbish.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We covered that. We covered that a a little bit. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It goes uh, white guilt, man. It's a perfect tactic. You want to get what you want to get something done? just guilt some white dude into it let let him do the job yeah and even uh, even Peterson hey, does
0: it now. he says that, like it's not just the israeli ambassador who's who's obviously biased and giving you a one sided uh distortion uh historically illiterate uh you know interpretation. It's also Peterson now who also says the same thing right it, that, that that's what's so shocking um because you know you expect the Israeli ambassador to be full of it. But him for for to like to start groveling and 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 saying stuff that's even more extreme than the guest. I mean, it's, incre- it's, it's
1: incredible. I, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I love watching his video. Again, I told you, I'm I'm a i am i am I follow all of his content because I think that he's a very interesting person. He's he is beyond articulate and he knows how to t- how to talk and speak. We we covered this. We're gonna talk about it uh, again. Uh, but to to see that he's having this monologue. Or let's call it a dialogue for, for, uh, uh, for, uh, for, for technical reasons with the, with, with the uh, ambassador, but not actually stress testing anything that he says or uh, or uh, uh, arguing, debating. Why, why do you have him? Why do you have him on the channel? Why did you bring him on? Is it just to agree and nod with him, or <laughs> yeah. is it to actually solve the problem or come up with a uh, educate people? That's the least you can do that's i'm 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 guessing that's the reason he 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 introduced him. that's that's the reason he had them on the channel it's because he wants to educate people okay how about criticizing because he tried to do it in the interview but it felt like he was treading on eggshells yeah was, he's too scared from. he
0: there's no backbone you know they they and they love criticizing everyone peterson,
1: else man. that's not jordan peterson he he's he cuts it straight to the bone he does not bullshit but it was really funny seeing him do that For
0: the first time. Yeah, let me let me play. I think he's the next one now.
2: You know, and it's so convenient that you can point. If imagine you're a leader that's beset by all sorts of ethical troubles in the Middle East, and you can point to the outsiders who are the Jews, let's say, who also happen to be successful, which is extremely annoying. And you can say, like the Germans did in Nazi Germany, well, look at those successful outsiders. They must be oppressive thieves. And then all the attention that might be paid to the distributed evil is localized to that particularized and externalized evil. And that's just hyper convenient for everyone involved.
0: God, wh- why did you know how some people talk without actually speaking? Like he, he puts on this nice Harris tweed uh, jacket and, and uh, you know, tries to portray himself as some kind of intellectual. and It's just like complete garbage coming out of his mouth. He's comparing Arabs to Nazis. Did I hear that correctly? Did you just compare Palestinians to Nazis in Nazi Germany who massacred and murdered Jews? Did I understand that correctly? You're saying Palestinians are jealous of Israelis? Have you ever been to Palestine? Have you ever been to the Middle East? Do you speak Arabic? Do you speak Hebrew? Do you know anything about the culture there? Do you know anything? Have you picked up a history book? Mr. Peterson, you the intellectual. Yes, you. What kind of drivel is this? You know, you know what? I'm going to take jordan peterson's house and if he hates that if he gets mad at me i'm just gonna say he's an anti-semite no 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 no, it's nothing to do with the house forget that you're an anti-semite i'm gonna take your farm and your land if you say anything you're an anti-semite what kind of bollocks is this
1: yeah unfortunately unfortunately that's the case he's drawing similarities between arabs and nazis because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what was the logic behind it. I'm, I'm trying to just understand how, how he came up with it. There's no reason. Uh, just because of the fact that they're opposing, let's say, the Zionist or Jewish people, that they're on the same team for some reason. If you just oppose any Zionist up there uh, because of his ideology or political views, you're immediately a Nazi. That's the problem. If you want to go down, like if you want to dig, and get to the core of the problem, that's the core of the problem. It's because now everything is hyper, uh, this hypersensitivity to the situation where no one is allowed to criticize Israel, no one is allowed to criticize any behavior, no matter how absurd it is, and to call it that, for example, Palestinians are benefiting from that action, are benefiting from whatever, like whenever you call out Israel, Whenever you want to say that they're doing something wrong, they're killing or displacing, or it doesn't matter. Whenever you do that, you are actually benefiting as a Palestinian. He goes out in an interview. I don't know if you had that. And he asks him, Jordan Peterson asks him, like, who do you think is benefiting the most from the situation? He dared to say Palestinians at the top of the list. I have no fucking idea. I'm sorry to swear. I have no clue how 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 he 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 wow. came up. How he thought about putting Palestinians at the top of the list. Do you think I was the beneficiary of this bullshit? How do you uh, feel? I, How my, do you feel, Ronnie? Do you feel you're benefiting? I don't know. Tell me, Richard. I'm going to tell you my story in three, four sentences. My grandfather sought asylum. He, he was kicked out of Palestine, went to to Syria. Well, went to southern Lebanon and then to Syria uh, to live in camps and then left in the Jewish ghetto. And afterwards, I myself, because of the destabilization of the Middle East again, after 70 years, I was also kicked out somehow from Syria and now I'm a refugee. So let's, let's think about this. Hmm, am I benefiting from this? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Look at all the advantages. Look at all the advantages. Living, living in misery, living in fear your entire life, never having a past prickled stateless. Loving it. Loving it, man. Nothing yeah, do, than that. How, 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 do you, you know, how
0: privileged do you feel when you go to the airport and they ask you where your passport is because you
1: don't have one? Oh, I feel great, man. Don't you, anybody would feel great because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a privileged Palestinian. That's what I am. Uh, uh, not having a passport for 28 years now, I'm going to finally, I, I mentioned this. Yeah. I'm gonna finally become a Canadian citizen and for the first time in my life I'm actually gonna hold a passport. But up until this day, I I don't I hold a travel document that allows me to travel and it basically says in bold italics red, this is not a passport, this is for stateless individuals. And right. I am stateless because of the ideology of Zionism. So it's okay if I criticize it.
0: Of course, and I just wanted to add one thing because you said before the the Jewish ghetto. I mean, we're not talking about like what you know they have in Europe. It's the Jewish quarter, and we we you and I we made oh, a video about it. this on the channel. How it's really interesting. You have the Arabs, you know, uh, uh, Christians, Palestinians, Jews all living in one place in in Damascus, in the capital of Syria.
1: Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I lived like my grandfather, as I said, he moved there. Then my father moved out of the ghetto, but that I used to like my entire childhood was there. Even even from my or even from the other side, even from my uh, mom's side, from your mother's side. Yeah, it I, I, I to, remember the house, man. I remember it. Yeah, yeah. We come from there. It's it's inside the walls in Damascus. It's an old Damascus. It's a beautiful, beautiful neighborhood. It is. And and without saying, yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately, like, that's somehow uh, an argument made against, like, being a minority. They consider that that's also how we draw the similarities, that because Jewish or Christians, uh, are always minorities in these societies, they're always treated differently. Uh, it is not the case. In Syria, it's not the case. We were always treated like the other. Of course, without a doubt, there is always uh, some sort of sens- sensitivity between any country, whether it's like white American or black American, it's always there. That doesn't mean that it's 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 systemic. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's it's it, it's not it's in Syria. That's the thing. The
0: Right, yes. it's not in Syria, that's the beautiful thing, which I always say on the channel, like you've, so, I, I can't even count them, Bedouin, Palestinian, Armenian, exactly. Kurdish, you have a million religious and ethnic groups and there is no, you don't have this like, uh, tension, violence, uh, hatred, uh, uh, whether it's systemic or in person, uh, yeah. uh between them.
1: That's the beautiful thing, you no. know? And the only reason for, for, uh, for those who's wondering, like, uh, the only reason that the, the Jewish population in Syria just mm-hmm. dropped nearly to to less than I think less than one percent at this point. It's because uh in the nineties there was uh let's let's call it an agenda uh, that was started by the Israeli states to remove all Jewish families from Syria and there was yeah. a deal struck with the Syrian government that we are going to allow all these Jewish families to travel and they're going to get compensated with money, by the way. I don't know if you know that fact. A lot of, a lot of Jewish people. I know families about the were,
0: deal. I don't think you should have done it. I I don't think that was a good idea at all. Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. It was a lot of people, by the way, we met with one of the families before I come to Canada. I was, I was in the neighborhood there and my nice. mother was talking to one of the neighbors. Uh, he, he comes from a Jewish family. They've known him for, for, for decades now. And he told her that his, the rest of his family, his cousins and all of his relatives are not happy and they wish they'd never done it. Yeah, you got of course people who are happy, you got people who, who regretted their decision, but it's nonetheless, it's something that happened in history. And it's not because some people would use it as to say, oh, Syrians kicked out Jews out of, out of Syria.
0: No, it's not the Israelis not, that, was, that, that was want. It, exactly, it's the Israelis that want to bring Jewish families from outside into Palestine, so they can legitimize the occupation. Say, you see, we have Jews from all over the world here. This and is and our that, homeland, yeah. right? And that, that yeah. way, they, they they build on top of the Palestinian uh, land and and erase it. That that's exactly what they do. That that is an Israeli policy to get Jews from outside into every single israeli prime minister in history does not come from palestine they their parents or their grandparents were born in europe they immigrated to palestine and then took control of it after the british left it this is a fact you can look it up on wikipedia you can read a history book and we strongly encourage you to do that and i'm I'm just going to continue these clips here because we have to comment on them they're so awful and atrocious
3: The Israeli-Palestinian conflict, you know, to cast Israel as the world's Jew—that's a kind of new form of anti-Semitism. To single out Israel God. for special treatment, to treat it by a standard that you treat no other country in the world, and that when Israel does something wrong, because you know we're not a perfect country, no country is perfect, and and somebody could make a mistake us hey man look we're, we're we're
0: not perfect we just bombed a residential neighborhood we you know it's not we just treat palestinians like subhuman we're not perfect come on man we just took a good chunk out of syria's land we're not
1: perfect <laughs> i told you i told you he simply like plays it as you cannot criticize us we make mistakes don't don't put us to this higher standard <laughs> it's not because we're doing things that no other nation is doing no 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 it's because you are secretly uh, uh, like a Jewish hater, uh, or like uh, an anti-Semite, or, or it's you incredible it
0: means- this logic again with this guilt uh, and and the, the he says like it's a new form of anti-Semitism. What, what does that even mean, man? Like, uh you know, the the very word Semite is someone who speaks Hebrew, Arabic, uh you know, Syriac, who comes from the Levant and and this area, this region. That, that includes Arabs, whether they're Arab Muslims, Arab Jews, Arab Christians. It, it includes everybody from this area. And he's basically hijacking the word and then telling other Semites to shut the hell up and not criticize Israeli and Zionist policies because it's racist. I mean, this is mental gymnastics. It's True. it's True. it's bewildering.
1: True. it is. Uh, it is somehow funny. But people don't realize that, like, Semitism, as you mentioned, is not just something simply that includes only Jews. It is, as you said, uh, not to mention that it's not actually a race or or anything for that matter. The anthropological society does not acknowledge anything being
0: said. But they basically hijack it, you know, like. for Exactly. It's just a
1: word that describes now. Nowadays, it's only academically used to describe uh, Afro-Asiatic languages, which are the ones that you just mentioned, Arabic, Aramaic, Hebrew that's the description of the word it doesn't mean anything else but they just as you mentioned hijacked it and it was coined by the way in the 70s if i'm not mistaken in order to describe uh people from jewish descent but that's not the case at all it is it is absolutely it includes everybody and i love it when like someone tells me you're being an anti semite. i'm like you don't know what that means i'm, and I'm i anti semi- myself you know what does that, that even means. mean <laughs> And it doesn't make any sense, like Dude, e- no even way.
0: even other Jews who speak out against Israel, they call them anti-Semitic. Like they were doing that yeah, with Bernie Sanders. Yeah, or yeah, yeah it, it's 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 so incredible that Jordan Peterson is like putting on this fancy suit and pretending to to like, oh no, we're not going to make you know we're not going to reduce the complexity and the intricacies of the Middle East to something simple. No, no, we're going to go into detail. And then he does literally the complete opposite and and does very much indeed dumb it down and let and. Let's his guest dumb it down without any, any, uh, pushback to something about racism. That it's not about colonialism. It's not about stealing land. It's not about, you know, taking people and treating them like they're subhuman. No, 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 no. It's, it's just some European, uh, you know, centuries of racism copy pasted onto Arabs and just be quiet and don't question it.
1: Wow. Exactly. That's, uh, unfortunately, like again, if you want to think about it from another point of view, if you, understand who's his audience, who's going to who's gonna watch this, and why are they having this interview to begin with. It's, again, I told you, it's going to be white males from 25 to 35, I'm assuming, maybe even less, like younger, which makes it worse. It's going to be 18 to 35, let's say, of white males in North America watching this video. And they're going to get the dumbed-down version of, of, oh of whatever that this ambassador they, they says. They deserve better. They deserve so better than this. That's that's what bothered me the most. That's what bothered me the most. It's the fact that this or this platform or whatever he has, because he used it for good. He he, he does not. I'm pretty sure he does not mean to like uh, to 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 be uh, disrespectful or like, to hurt someone or cause some pain. He's obviously doing all of this for good, but he's just not educated on the matter. Well enough in order just to go out there and speak with an ambassador and not have someone from the other side to have that just, uh, that voice, that megaphone from one side and totally ignore the other one.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's completely, completely biased. And, uh, I, I felt like he was dying to, to agree with him, you know, and, and ca- kind of like speaking for oh, him oh, and, yeah. and doing it even more extremely. Uh, here, let me play the next one. 000. So he, now, now this is back to the Israeli ambassador.
3: Twenty-two thousand Israelis and Palestinians have died in the century of conflict uh, since nineteen from nineteen twenty. Twenty-two thousand. What does that even mean? That's that's like. That's like someone,
0: some, you know, British officer saying, look, man, we just killed a bunch of Indians. It wasn't a lot. Who who cares? The funny thing is, he says it's just 22,000. He doesn't tell you that 90 percent of them. I'm 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 giving you an anecdotal here. Let's go back to the figures I have from Beit Saddam, which is a Jewish uh, NGO. He doesn't tell you that the majority of them are Palestinian. And, and the crime here is not just killing. Why are you quantifying it by deaths? Why aren't you quantifying injuries, uh, homes, property and land stolen, uh, taken away from Palestinians? This is also the crime. It's not just about killing people. It's about taking their property, kicking them out, making them refugees. You know, the number of Palestinians that had to flee, who were kicked out of Palestine by Israelis, by Zionist militias, is in the hundreds of thousands. At the, at the very least, they went to Syria, they went to Lebanon, they went to Jordan. They were uprooted from their homes they have, you have also in south america a big palestinian community i just want to show you for example uh, this is again from an israeli ngo from Salam, okay and and um, this is from a st- they they compiled the data and this is presented by vox it's just anecdotal but it should give you more than enough to understand what's going on so بيتسلم recorded 8166 conflict related deaths okay so in war seven thousand, seven thousand and sixty-five of them were palestinian only one thousand israeli so again you can see um here this is from we're talking about from 2000 until 2014 in the span of just 14 years 92 percent of the you know 87 percent excuse me three percent different 87 percent of the victims are palestinian this is just in 14 years and he's trying to minimize that. You know, I I would I shudder to think, I shudder to think, what his reaction would be and mine, if someone a a German, for example, sat down and said, well, it was only X number exactly. of Jews that we killed. Exactly. You would be outraged. I would be outraged. You should be outraged. Don't minimize this to just uh uh. First of all, minimizing deaths, denigrating it, and then on top of that, leaving out the other crimes.
1: Unfortunately, it is. They they want to. It is, it is absolutely no matter. Ethnic cleansing. No, yes. No matter who you are, if that story happens to you, it's heartbreaking. And to, to say that it was not heartbreaking that it happened to them, whether across, across the timeline, across history or after the Nazis, uh, in World War II, you would be a monster. Now to to also do whatever they're doing to Palestinians, you would also be a monster because we basically became the victims of the victims in this situation. It, it's ironic how it happened to them, and they know better than anybody. It's else heartbreaking, what yeah. that means. And yet somehow they're capable of doing it. Uh, of doing it to to Palestinians. Uh, this is like one point of view that Jordan Peterson always argued from a psychological point of view that humans are uh inherently but uh, benevolent, I still struggle to find that because I come from the side of the, from another side of the world with a different story, and i've seen the worst in humans and one of the worst things that I've said that I've seen is is actually again what i what I describe being born into this world with injustice and having one party that is shifting the scale towards them. And not having the voice or the the ability to or the power anything, man, it's 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 actually miserable being a Palestinian. It's actually you cannot understand not not just to say that you don't have a voice, you don't have a state, you don't have a personality, you're not even registered, you're just like a float floating nomad in this world because of because of uh, because of Zionists, and it's it's it's. It's hard. I understand that it, it was hard for Jewish people. Why is it very hard for people to understand that it's also really hard for Palestinians?
0: Exactly.
4: Exactly. That's you cannot that's,
1: quantify it. it. It's hundreds of thousands of people that were misplaced, that were kicked out. Me, like, here's a perfect exhibit A. <laughs> Whether it's Canada, South America, the U.S., Europe, France, especially, UK and other neighboring Arab countries. What are you talking about? Are we just going to dismiss all of that and put it down to numbers of how much? Okay. How much, how much do you injure? It's in the millions. Yeah. There, there's you're something else that, that no one's going to look at the 20,000. That's not even accurate. Yeah. It's the,
0: the psychological impact, you know, the, the number of refugees there are so many. You know, figures he leaves out and even the one figure he picks, he doesn't tell you that the Israelis are causing uh, the vast number of casualties. And, you know, there's a there's a saying like uh, uh, that you don't know how to take yes for an answer. The Israelis don't know how to take yes for an answer. They've taken the land. They have the upper, upper hand in terms of weapons, in terms of cyber, which he boasts about continuously in the interview. Oh, we are so smart. We have the cyber industry, blah, blah, blah. And on top of that, they can't just accept that they have the land. They have to, on top of it, pretend they are victims and shift the narrative and lie and distort history and the current, the present uh uh situation in Palestine. I don't understand why they, they, they you know, Palestinians not even allowed to have a voice, like you said. Now,
1: unfortunately, it's going to be like, the, the, how do you say it? The saying, the history is written by the victor. Yeah. Uh, they're playing on time at this point. That's the, that's their only option. It's not as simple, uh, they play this, they, this example, this exercise of like imagining what would it be if Indians went back to the U.S. and like they, uh, they request their land back. And the Peterson, in that case, uh, gives an example of Constantinople and Turkey. Unfortunately, we're talking about history while the last seven years in modern history, this is what happened with Palestinians where it was not acceptable anymore to do so. It was not acceptable for Nazis to do what they did. It was not acceptable. It is still not acceptable for Zionists or Israel to do what they're doing. So that's why it's not going under the rug. That's why Palestine and that conflict is the most complex conflict you can find in modern history. And you cannot simply find a solution, even though it's pretty much simple, but you don't want to see it. That's the problem. You want Palestinians to negotiate. You want Palestinians to start or to to show uh, empathy. You want Palestinians to give out their land. You want Palestinians to do everything. You want everything to be done on the other side of the conversation while you don't do anything. And then point fingers and blame the other
3: side. Now, if you take the Israeli-Arab conflict, where you take all the soldiers of Israel who have died, all the victims of terror, the wars that we have fought, and you add Egypt, Egyptian casualties... And Lebanese casualties and Syrian casualties and Jordanian casualties. You take the entire conflict, you get to 125,000. Of that 125,000, about a fifth are the Israeli-Palestinian
0: conflict. Again, I don't understand this point. He's basically saying that, you know, the, the, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is just one part of, you know, the total death toll with Israel fighting Syria, Jordan, Egypt, and so on. Yeah. So what? That's your problem. Why don't <laughs> don't take Syrian land? Then don't take Palestinian land. You know, I don't understand this. It's like, well, it's just a few people that we killed. It's not a lot. It's not, you know, it's not the majority of them. And then once again, he leaves out all these other figures, which which we just talked about. And I think it's important once again to, um, to to show on the map, you know. That Israel is still controlling the Syrian Golan Heights, and forgive me i, I uh I'm, I pulled this up from al jazeera, but the the legend has been left out, and everyone knows I hate maps without legends, but it doesn 't matter because the the territory up here forget the sinai i 'm talking about the Golan Heights in syria you know they've they 've taken that right, and that 's not to make a am- you know that that 's we haven't even gotten to, to how much Palestinian land's been taken, but just, just the Golan Heights alone in Syria, uh, explains why this is not just about Palestinians. It's about the nature of Israel, which is to take, um, you know, to build on stolen land and to continue taking stolen land. Again, again I pull up the, the Golan Heights here. This is, um, a very, very precious chunk of land it has oil, snow, water, you know, Israelis get one third of their drinking water from Syria's Golan Heights from Syria. So again, is this also anti-Semitism to bring that up?
3: <laughs> I'm going to go to the next clip. Um, More resolutions are passed at the UN against Israel than all the rest of the world combined. Yeah, again, the, I literally spoke about the Golan Heights. Uh, there
0: is a resolution, multiple resolutions for Israel to give back the Golan Heights. I don't, of, of course, if you keep te- keep taking other people's land, you will end up with a lot of UN Security Council resolutions against you. And I think this is of particular importance right now when everybody's pointing a finger at Russia and saying, oh, look at you, you're anne- annexing Ukraine. You're, you're holding these sham referendums. Guess what? Israel never bothered holding any referendum in the Golan Heights, they just took it by force and they still have it to this day since 1967. They, they drink Syria's water on a daily basis. They build skiing resorts up there. They, Naftali Bennett, who was uh, the previous prime minister before Lapid, just within the last year ordered the Israeli government to double the number of illegal, illegal settlements in the Golan Heights. Once again, you see this strategy of let's build up the Israeli population. On purpose to take the land so that we can legitimize uh our occupation of it. You know, and I and I heard Jordan Peterson in the beginning of the interview, he's he's listing this as an achievement. Like, oh, you the Americans recognized the Golden Heights as Israeli. They recognized Israeli sovereignty. There is no Israeli sovereignty. This is a joke. But I'll let yeah, him continue. Was- Excuse me, Mr. Ambassador. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, you want to say something?
1: No, absolutely, absolutely. That's the point. Uh it's it's quite funny how he considers this a victory for them or something like very important towards peace in the region because there is nothing uh simpler than absolutely getting like the uh, the president of the United States signing a paper stating that a piece of land in Syria is now uh israeli. Like it's very simple. It's very simple
0: here for them. Look I'm I'm signing a piece of paper
1: that Jordan Peterson's
0: house belongs to me now. Okay? Sure. Take it or leave and I
1: it. Can, I can't do anything about it. That's that's the fun part.
4: Here, let me continue with, with this riffraff.
3: resolutions are passed at the UN against Israel than all the rest of the world combined, or in the so-called Human Rights Council. Then, I mean, seriously, if you show the statistics to your viewers, they won't even believe it. It's a farce. This is what I love, man, because the Israelis, they say
0: the United Nations is what gives Israel its legitimacy as an, as a being a member state, and the partition plan from 1947, which was passed by the United Nations, is the reason that Israel is allowed to exist and exists, right? So they, they always cite the United Nations as the basis for the foundation of the state of Israel. And then when the United Nations turns around and says, hey, you can't do that, that's illegal, you can't annex Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a corpus separatum, which is Latin for separate body, not Israeli body, separate body, special status the israelis don't care the united nations says pull out of the syrian golan heights they're not yours you can you you must pull out and you're also illegally annexing them that's also bad they they don't care so you know they pick and choose what what parts of the united nations they like and it's same with the bible right they say the bible gave us this land and the israeli ambassador to the un brought a bible with him to the un and said we have biblical claims over this land i guess he missed a part in the in the old testament that says thou shall not kill
1: Sorry, got the, I had my mic off. Absolutely. No, that's, that's the only part that they want to focus on, right? It's that uh, this is the promised land. Uh, this is where they came from and this is what they want and they're willing to kill and butcher anybody who stops in their face. I'm not, I was, I was a bit religious when I was a kid, man. I'm not that much anymore because I've seen what, what religion can make to, uh, what can, what it can push you, uh, into doing uh that's why i don't uh it, it is it is however whenever you look at it this way from a religious point of view it is it is justified that they're doing what they're doing if you believe if you absolutely believe that this is your purpose in life you're willing to do whatever and lie your way through it i love that one of the comments in the chat uh andreas i think he was saying Uh, Andre Morris, he was saying this ambassador is a crazy good actor. He's a crazy good actor. He's a, he's, (laughs) he's unbelievably good, man. Uh, that's the case. Religion can make you crazy, do crazy stuff. That's the thing though, man. I, I,
0: I don't think we should, we should, we should be very clear because the, the, Political ideology of Zionism basically hijacks Judaism as a shield to take the land. Right? It's a political ideology. It's not a religious one. Only it's 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 it's, it's born. It's
1: like describing describing one part that takes what's beautiful in religion and like goes to the extreme and starts. Right,
0: right. Like Zionism is nineteenth century. Uh, thesis from, from, uh, Herzl, who published it in Vienna, who's, again, these, these are European Jews who, who just decided that, okay, we're gonna go take, take that land. Uh, and to me, I mean, this is, like you said, it's no different from ISIS, it's no different from crusaders. They just grab religion, take whatever parts they like, and just go murder people and steal the land Absolutely. and riches. Say, same thing, Absolutely. man, over and over and over. You know? Yeah.
3: Let me, let me continue. Unfortunately the Palestinians have not abandoned their desire to destroy the one and only Jewish state which is a separate question from the Abraham accords they have not abandoned it
0: What the hell Roy, is it true that you have a desire to destroy the one and only Jewish nation state
1: <laughs> Absolutely and I do, I'm not going to abandon it man for some reason <laughs> Look at he this it's my purpose to do so
0: Exactly. This, this again, this comic book cartoon villain characterization of Palestinians. I, I, I don't. I, you know, for me, this is identical to how the, the the Germans and the Nazis would make caricatures of Jews and discriminate against them and call them thieves and plot. They're conspiring. You know, this is racism. This is this is xenophobia. This is ignorance.
1: Listen, I, I, I want to make something clear for everyone who's watching. If if it was if Israel was a part of California. Palestinians would not have any problem with that. <laughs> that's the thing. No, no one is, is against is the, the Jewish state. They're against
0: started? taking it from Palestine. There's exactly. a clear distinction there. Very I clear, I would love, clear. me personally, man, I would love a Jewish state, but not built on top of Palestinians, right? That's, does that make sense? I think it's very clear. As a matter of fact, I just want to just, just say one thing. There is actually already, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's, it's pretty crazy. You have in Russia, um, a uh, a jewish autonomous uh, state or federation shall we say right it's in part of the russian federation as an uh um, here it is the jewish autonomous oblast it's located here and it's a t- it's a federal subject when they say federal subject uh they're basically talking about being part of the russian federation so I just want to be clear. That it's not just Israel. You actually have something in Russia that is a Jewish autonomous oblast. I don't know if you knew that, Roni.
1: <laughs> I've never heard of it. No. Thank you for introducing me to this.
0: So yeah. I, I think that's not that's not fair when they say Israel is the only one. But again, yeah. I, I really reject this. It's so it's so unfair, man. Like uh, no one has anything against the Jewish state. The issue is that it's being. Uh, built at the expense of somebody else right it's just like i don't have anything against against an islamic republic or or a christian a country i don't care right the 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 core issue here is colonialism settler colonialism land theft apartheid they don't want to touch it They, they never even get near this right they don't want to talk about this uh they 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 uh completely leave it out it's so disingenuous man
1: absolutely i agree there's nothing to add there you covered covered all of it.
2: Obviously, the Palestinians are backed by external players who are, I think it's obvious, who are capitalizing on that conflict for their own purposes. And so in whose interest do you think
3: it is primarily? So uh, the first is the Palestinians themselves, because they've been dining out on this conflict now for since Oslo. Wow.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that, that was the part that I was talking about. I'm benefiting from this again. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Ambassador. What was your name? Ron. Ron, what a, what you, a, what a lovely human being you are.
0: Ronnie, you've been dining out on this conflict. Where have you been dining? Know. Tell me the truth, Ronnie. Who's backing you? <laughs> Jesus, man, this is so funny to me. Like they, they don't, they have no problem with the United States backing Israel to the tune of like $3.8 billion every year, you know, giving them missile defense systems, um, giving them extra, you know, pocket change on top of that. Uh, it's totally fine, man. You want to back Zionism? Hell yeah, let's go. Yeah. But dare you, dare you support Palestinians trying to get their homes back? Dare you? Dare you do that? You wait and see. <laughs> Absolutely. You're dining out. You're capitalizing.
3: Wow. The reason why you have a conflict today is the same reason why you had a conflict for the last century, which is the refusal of the Palestinians to recognize the legitimacy of a nation state of the Jewish people in any boundary in our ancestral homeland. In their minds, we stole their house. And that's how they see it. They don't understand that this is the territory, you know, where the patriarchs or the Jewish people prayed or where our prophets preached and our kings rule. It's a complete denial of any historical connection between the Jews and the land of Israel their refusal to accept some sort of compromise. Hold on a second, man. I thought
0: this guy was saying that it's bad to go back to the Middle Ages, and now he wants to go back to biblical times. I want to ask you yeah, something. Uh, he, he said that, that Israelis are being accused of stealing Palestinians' homes. Uh, That's does exactly your, what,
1: they
0: did. what happened to your grandfather's property? What happened That's to his exactly house? exactly what they did.
1: Exactly do you, do you still they have did. it, Ronnie? they they, w- they, w- they, w- they either got kicked out of the lands or like most other Palestinians were too afraid because they heard and they knew what militias are doing to them so they ended up fleeing before they came to their village so yes and long story short you stole that land you stole these homes you stole that house man it's not a joke it's not there's not a another angle where you can look at it and be like he described it as, oh, they don't understand that it's our like heritage or it's like, it's our religion and it's he, our ancestors.
0: No, no, no. He, just no, said, no, he no, basically no, just admitted the that
1: they stole it. He's saying that that's it's ours. We're taking it. <laughs> nowadays, okay, I'm sorry. Nowadays you can do a DNA test and you can come up half Greek. Does that mean that if you can go to Greece and fucking, I don't know, take it home and claim it as yours? Maybe. Because guess what? I was there some once upon a time, like 3000 years ago. That's <laughs> not how it works. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. Uh, for, well, fortunately for the rest of the world, this is how it works, but not for them because it's a special case. Of course they, they have all everything, everything that they need. You know, I told you, White Guilt. Again, this is the Joker. This is the card and the deck that always you play in order to get what you want. Well, guess what? None of what you're saying is making sense, but you have the joker, so I'll give you whatever you want. White (laughs) guilt, it's there. Europeans are backing everything that... The white man, man, it's it's unbelievable how how much power they have. And to have something on them and to make them do whatever you want, that's that's got to be... The result is going to be that conflict.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that um, you know, palestine jerusalem is special for all religions i don't know why he thinks it's just one but you know he he's he's basically saying yeah they, they call dibs man
1: they call, <laughs> they dibs. call dibs whoever <laughs> calls dibs gets it
0: no but this is ridiculous If if i went to the north of france for example and i said that my english ancestors came over and crossed the channel from normandy a thousand years ago and therefore i am french and i am taking your house i would be put in a fucking jail cell and deported okay but it's okay for palestinians to just give up their land like they're expected to just give up their homes and yeah, and because some bible said that uh, uh to you know from thousands of years ago the bible says a lot of things too man it says don't steal and don't kill did you read that part you know you since you want to bring up the bible i'm just saying since you talked about that like it's, this is crazy to me man if we took someone's home we would be fucking kicked out and deported or put in a loony bin they would put us in an insane asylum for even saying that this is my house from my ancestors 2000 years ago we would put in a fucking insane asylum end of story no question any country on earth would lock you up and deport you for doing that you would go to jail but uh, apparently european european jews it's okay for them to go and take that uh from palestinians i don't know Th- this again, is-
1: just to just to clarify on something because you pointed out this uh, multiple times jordan was he started the conversation the point by saying uh, i don't know if this uh, the, the, was the previous clip or the one before it he said that there's a lot of beneficiaries or people that are actually supporting Palestinians for their own benefit i i don't understand i i seriously don't understand that point do you think that Syrians are supporting Palestinians because they hate jews or is it because they are a part of the resistance that actually care about common sense and that are actually involved in this case and they don't accept Simply being stepped on and put on the side and not not acknowledge their existence. No. If someone is fighting for something, there's a reason for it. You, for example, as Israel, you're fighting for a land that you claim is yours. Palestinians are fighting for a land that is theirs. It is theirs. And that's why Syrians are... Supporting them. That's why Liban, people from Lebanon are supporting them. That's why people from the Arab world, it doesn't matter where you're from. From South Africa. Send, across it, the it, world. It, it happened. It happened. They sent soldiers from Algeria yep. to fight. They, they, they were all supportive of the Palestinian case. It's not, it's not something new. It's not, they are still up until this day. They're not all crazy. They're not all benefiting. They're risking their lives for something. They're not benefiting anything. If Palestinians On the contrary, they're,
0: they're losing. Back. The reason Iran, for example, which backs the Palestinian resistance, which, by the way, is Sunni, right? Really, really weird. I guess Venezuela is also, you know, Shia because he, they, yeah. they try to make it like Sunni. Sunni and Shia, you know, like that Iran is only backing Shia countries and, 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 and this. But... The reason Iran is is demonized is because it backs the Palestinians. Iran literally sticks its neck out, uh, uh spends money, uh you know, and is 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 uh, attacked by Israel constantly whether it's sabotage or trying to get the nuclear deal derailed, whatever it is. Because of that, that's that's the main reason. That's one of the pillars of their their revolution. The reason Syria is on fire right now is because it supports the Palestinians. And that's an Israeli who said that. A former Israeli official said that if they had just accepted Israel and made peace with them, which means giving up the Palestinians, Syria would not be destroyed today. And see, I'm paraphrasing, but he said this. Is this it, is the point. Is he made. that
1: a surprise? Was that a surprise when you heard that? Of course Man, not. We were born, raised, we, like it's it's a funny term but we're bathed in politics in the middle east yep we know we know everything that is going on there and it's very funny to see two guys on youtube that had nothing to do that as you said don't speak the language never been there don't understand it and he's actually like uh giving a lecture about the middle east <laughs> i'm, I'm, I'm I'm I was surprised. I watched the video. I told you multiple times before like we did this that watching this video actually made me ache. Made me me too. I, I was I was having a heart attack. Because I, I I don't understand how how any of this is is actually gonna teach people or make them understand the situation a bit better. No, it did the absolute opposite of that. Like exactly the opposite of that. You took the one side that you're not supposed to take but unfortunately this is how it is and this is why we're doing this man exactly this is why we need to do this more and more
3: yep and the legal claim was that there was an ottoman empire here the ottoman empire collapsed the british were given a mandate to control this territory specifically by the league of nations in order to enable the settlement of the jews who in The 19th century, the late 19th century, the spring of nations were considered a a people. You know, there are people who don't consider the Jews a people, but we have a 4000 year history and peoples have rights of self-determination. And so the British were given a mandate by then the League of Nations, which folded into the United Nations to actually affect the settlement of that territory to enable the Jews to establish this homeland there. That's the legal case is rock solid. The uh, historical case is rock solid. And to me, the moral case is rock solid. Jesus
0: Christ. Listen, I'm British. And unlike Mr. Ambassador, I'm not afraid of criticizing my own country and actually being critical. In 1916, the French and the British secretly, secretly carved up the Middle East to their liking, you know, the French, they they took Lebanon and Syria or <laughs> rather created them. Right. They just carved out a country called Lebanon. And then they they the British, you know, they took what is today Iraq. They took Palestine. They took this by force because they are colonizers. They are invaders and thieves. That's a fact. Hundreds of years of this. I don't need to tell you this, but, you know, unfortunately, it seems I, I, I have to tell this because people don't like looking back on their history. In 1917, you had the Balfour Declaration. The British government gave away, as if it's theirs to give away, uh, a Jewish homeland in Palestine. Even what he is saying right now—that oh, there was a British mandate. Brit- who, who the hell is Britain to be there in the first place? Who, who have you looked at a bloody globe? The UK is up here. What is it doing in Palestine? Can you explain this? I, I, I don't. You know, he's he's trying to justify this legally. You know. There are a lot of things that are legal uh, that are very bad. Slavery was also legal at one point. If you want to go down that route, guess what? Slavery is very bad. You know, colonialism was also legal at one point under the, you know, uh, as per the colonizers. Guess what? It's wrong and it's bad. Stealing people's homes. Maybe you can justify it, but it's wrong and it's bad. And I, I, I completely reject this. The, the French and the British secretly carved up the Middle East and, and gave away land because ironically, the British upper class, the political establishment are, guess what, they're racists and anti-Semites they wanted to get rid of the Jews in Europe and dump their, dump them you know, in Palestine, that was their mentality, which, which to me is so funny because they talk about anti-Semites and they, they forget Winston Churchill they forget the British political establishment that actually just did this because they are themselves anti-Semites and they don't like Jews. They 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 seem to forget that it's very funny, you know.
1: Um, Richard, it's uh, I don't know if you if you noticed it, but I love that he said the British was given uh, the <laughs> exactly. mandate. Exactly. Who, who gave the British the mandate? themselves. Nobody of gave course. them anything. They took it. Of like, course. I love the play on words that he's using, and not to mention that for some reason he went and he defined what people's uh self uh self right of determination is okay that's perfect thank you for doing that can i have the right to self-determine or no it's just you <laughs> i don't understand the double standards here so exactly Z- uh, israel zionists in israel have the right to self-determine have the right to start and take the land but palestinians don't have to, the right to self-determine don't have the right to live there. They don't, not to mention the state of apartheid where, which we can like go into detail and like actually, uh, talk about all the things that are wrong there, but we also don't have the right of return. So me, a Palestinian who again, a long story short was kicked out of Palestine and that because of the situation in Syria left Syria and came to Canada after 70 years, I do not have the right to return to Palestine and I'm still stateless. So I do not have the right of self-determination. That was never the case. Yep. Anyway, I just wanted that. Exactly. It's, it's, and, and I love that people don't know that about Sacas Pico. I love that they don't know that it was carved by the French and the British. Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, it's, uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because once upon a time there were shows like Jon Stewart where he actually had a sketch with John Oliver talking about how they, Carved up and like how they sliced the Middle East into France and uh, to France and Britain into like Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Iraq and all of that. Nobody talks about it anymore. The media is, like, is getting a lot better. You know, <laughs> I also love that, 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 that line, that, that progression that we're going through right now, where instead of getting better, we're getting worse. Instead of the media helping us, we're getting worse. Yep. It's going downhill. There's no question about it. It it started in the 80s, man, but now it's only getting down worse and worse as we speak. Yeah, this is, this is it, right? This is the borders. This is what they drew.
0: It's just a bunch of white men in, in, uh, L'Elysée and Whitehall carving up lands far away to their liking. Very democratic, you know, very just, so fair.
3: Here, yeah, there's one, I think one or two uh, clips left very briefly. Bernard Lewis. And he said the birth of, of European style antisemitism in the Arab world, one of the factors that gave rise to it was their defeat at the hands of Israel in 1948 because they couldn't believe that a Jewish army could defeat them.
0: You know there's something else that they don't tell you about the uh uh there there was no Jewish army there were Zionists. again please you, you for, for those for the uninitiated there's a big difference between Jews and Zionists you can have Christian Zionists Joe Biden is not Jewish the president of the United States Joe Biden is on tape multiple times saying I'm a Zionist he is Christian right you you so this is clearly a political ideology so it's 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 not it's not exclusive to one religion And he is saying here that these this Jewish army, which were Zionist paramilitary groups, right, which they changed their name and they they uh, uh, molded into one, morphed into one over time. You had Hashemir, Haganah. They went under different names and they're very lethal. They even attacked other Jews, assassinated other Jews because they were opposed to the creation of Israel.
1: Yeah, they assassinated other Jews. If we want to talk about barbaric, that's what we talk. We talk about the hangar. If we want to talk about like the militias killing people, going into villages. This is why, by the way, I mentioned that this is why Palestinians flee. This is why yeah. they, 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 they couldn't take it. It's either they were killed or they actually just heard the stories and they were not able to, to, to comprehend that people are, are capable of doing. It. What, whatever the haganah was, was, was capable of doing,
0: they killed everyone, they killed other Jews, they killed Arabs, they killed British officers you know a lot of a lot of Israelis, including um, one of their former prime ministers were banned from going to the UK because they had blown up the King David Hotel and murdered over a dozen British officers. Uh, so, I mean, if, if an Arab did that, you would call it terrorism. That's <laughs> well, what, you know, before there was any Hamas, there was any Hezbollah, there was any of these, you know, boogeymen that they brainwash you on Fox and CNN and BBC into hating. Uh you know, the the Zionist militias were the ones doing it. They pioneered this stuff. And for them, they had no problem doing it because it was their homeland. Right. That's their perception. They said, no, it's OK to murder British officers. This is ours. Well, guess what? Those European settlers are from Europe. They come from Russia. They come from Ukraine. They come from all over. So they're allowed to commit terrorism and take the country by force because they believe it's theirs. According to some book from, you know, <laughs> thousands of years ago, but the Palestinians dare they open their mouths, let alone pick up a rifle.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would like to touch, uh, on something that you just mentioned for people to, to be, uh, a little bit more aware about how, how the West views the East or let's say the Middle East in this case. Uh, there is a brilliant author. And professor named Edward Said. I don't know if you are familiar with him. If you know him, Richard, he's a Palestinian uh, professor. Uh, he studied in Harvard and he talks about Ori- Orientalism mm-hmm. in a matter that describes what is defined as a terrorist and why the West always view us as the terrorists. And, uh, he gives a quick example of the 1995 Oklahoma. Accident that happened in the U.S. and how everybody at the time thought that it was Arab or or had to do some or like someone from the Middle East ended up doing that. Unfortunately, they were all disappointed when they figured out that it was someone local who ended up doing this horrible, horrible thing. Uh, But it comes—it comes as a shock for most people to understand that Arabs are not terrorists. It's just an idea that you've been fed over the years, brainwashed on Fox, uh, CNB, uh M- what was it? ABC, BBC, uh, all of them. <laughs> yeah, MSNBC, exactly, all of them. So you end up thinking, oh, oh, my God, said like a funny anecdote. I was watching Stranger Things the other day. I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show. I haven't watched it, but so, I know like, it. Yeah, I, I, they're switching of the channels in the 80s, man. It's like the the show is set in 82 or 83, something like that. And you can hear Reagan saying some shit about Syria and Lebanon. Wow. So of course. you can see how long it goes back to. You can see that people, even in the 80s and 90s, are just hearing this in the background about Syria, Lebanon, Middle East, Palestine, Israel. And thinking that we're all just terrorists, violent, and our only objective is to destroy something. Not to simply be equal, live, love. I don't know. We love life, man. That's it's, that's the whole the, point. the concept that you think that we're not capable of. Also, that's all, also one thing that, that, the, that the ambassador said that oh israel is the only one that has democracy well i'm with you if you're going to consider all the arab systems are authoritarian okay i'm able to like have a dialogue about that but let's be honest here we didn't have the time to mature to have because nobody left us on our own we were not able to to do whatever we wanted to self identify uh, sorry self determine our 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 future to start this without any colonizers without right. israel without the inter, uh without uh the uk intervening without the us at the time uh britain now the us nobody's leaving you alone the the how french the ottomans you?
0: You... over and over you know hundreds of years of colonialism it's still happening right now it hasn't stopped
1: exactly so how do you how do you expect governments in the arab world to be advanced and democratic and whatever you think you have in the West if you're not letting them do it themselves. Why do you want to spread democracy? Do you really think that works? Did that work in Iraq? No it didn't. Did that work in Libya? Okay, are we gonna how many examples do we need? Okay, can't you just leave someone and maybe he'll figure out on its own, on his own and he'll figure out what's best for him? No. That's not the option because clearly that's not their goal. That's that's not. They don't want to help. They don't want to offer someone help. They don't want to actually do something beneficial for the people, for the uh, for the indigenous people, whether it's Syrians, the Palestinians. It doesn't matter. They carved it up in 1916. They wanna. They wanna take advantage of the entire system. They don't. That's it, man. They don't care. They don't care about anyone.
0: Yeah, and even even in Europe, I mean they 've you know Europe just got done butchering itself to death World War one World War two the Holocaust, the Cold War, and now you know what you have in ukraine of course with with uh, nato russia it, it's still ongoing you know uh and and the the worst part is that the the, the europeans they don 't even have a common language they don 't have a common religion they don 't have a common history every con- each country is completely different from the other um you know, for example, just compare Britain to France, you know, or or, or France to Spain. They, they're very, very, very unique. Uh, the Arab world is a giant landmass. Same religion. I mean, of course, you and I were Christian. We have minorities, but they're safe. They're fine. Same language, same culture, same history. Everything, all of it. It's the perfect equation. And, and, you know, they, they, they don't leave these countries alone to mature on themselves, right? They, they yeah. want the, the resources. It's all about the resources. Because
1: basically, if you let them be, Richard, if you let them be, they'll focus on what's similar and they would have unity. Uh, however, they wanted to divide them and see what happens when they focus on the differences. When you add noise to the channels of communication, they're going to end up hating each other. Let's put it that way. And that's what happens. That's what's happening nowadays. Unfortunately, the Arab world is so divided that there is no, I don't think if, I don't know if you agree with me. I don't, I don't have any hopes, any high hopes of like having a unified uh, Arab world or to, it, it, it's sad. That it's it's really sad. Man.
0: This is, this is really sad. And, and At the same time though, what I remind myself is that even though the era of, you know, uh, Abdel Nasser and Pan-Arabism is unfortunately dead, for now, for now, you still have a resistance. You still have, uh, Iran, Venezuela, Yemen, Syria. It's taken a different form, but it's the same objective. It's to get rid of colonizers, thieves, invaders, plunderers. It's the same objective because they're suffering the same fate and helping each other out. And uh, it's you know Syria is a is a, a secular country, right? Iran is an Islamic republic. <laughs> uh, Venezuela is not Shia, right? All of these countries have have they don't really have that much in common if you compare the political ideologies and the religions, and yet they're still united. Why? Because there's a common objective. So unfortunately, Absolutely. in the Arab world. You know, I think the era of, of Nasser is, is, is gone for now at least, but there is another resistance that's taken shape.
1: Absolutely. That's when you have common grounds, you can, you can understand what the other person is going through. Uh, Jad Sad or Gad Sad, this professor that I told you about, he's a very smart person. However, it goes down always to these people, whether it's Jordan Peterson, Gad Sad or Sam Harris. I don't know if it's uh, basically just confirmation bias. They just want to look at what they want or it's it goes directly to cognitive dissonance where they say one thing, they act one thing, they believe one thing, but they say another. And he was talking about how uh, people from the LGBTQ community are standing with Palestinians. And he was criticizing that. And now, and now I'm talking, of course, about, uh, about Gad Saad, the professor at Concordia University in, in Montreal. And he's criticizing how these people are standing from that community, are standing with Palestinians, even though Israel is known for, uh, like Tel Aviv, or these cities are known for supporting the LGBTQ community. And in these cities, you're you're free to be whatever you want. And it's one of the like uh, well-known cities of accepting uh, gay people, lesbians, no matter who they are. And I'm surprised by this. By the way, he studied, if I'm not mistaken, evolutionary psychology. So this person understands how human behavior goes, understands how, how, how when you have someone, uh, oppressed, whether it's a system, it's a government, or it's actually, uh, an entire Uh, country that has taken over your land, people will start to bond with each other and will start to feel the other human and put themselves, they have empathy, you know, they have empathy. I'll say one thing, bro.
0: Sorry, sorry, finish your point. Sorry.
1: Yeah. And he was surprised again that this community was standing with Palestinians, totally ignoring the fact that this community understand what it feels and what it means to be oppressed. Right. To not have a voice. That's why they're standing with Palestinians. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Not, not that I care that Tel Aviv is offering me to go party, but no, I'm actually caring. And he started butchering and talking shit about that community. Why? And I was very surprised that nobody actually said anything about it. So
0: that, um, yeah, that, that's, that's it. It's really interesting what you just said that they, you know they're not necessarily related to each other in any way, but they understand, they have a common uh, um, bond in terms of feeling oppressed and marginalized. That's, that's really important. I just want to say one thing about Israel, though. Two points. Number one, if you're gay, good luck getting married. You, you can't do that. Uh, number two, I've seen c- confirmed reports of Israelis finding out whether a Palestinian person is gay and then blackmailing them to spy for them or give them intelligence or work for them uh you know in exchange for basically not uh uh you know revealing that they're gay so you know i know they like to say israel supports or or accepts gay people but you know that that's partially at least in part a myth if not completely you know i think really, it was worth mentioning
1: According to the ambassador, they're not perfect. They can do whatever they want and then blame it <laughs> on not being perfect.
3: Yeah, of course, man. Here's the last clip. Bernard Lewis. And he said the birth of of European-style anti-Semitism. I think we already watched this. Hold on, I'll play play through it. Where they're trying to negotiate a nuclear deal with a, these... I- right, so this is about the Iran nuclear deal. Their defeat at the hands of Israel in 1948 because they couldn't believe that a Jewish army could defeat them. Here's the next one. And that's what's happening as we speak, where they're trying to negotiate a nuclear deal with these ayatollahs in Iran that are trying to export this revolution around the world. I mean, it's insanity to do something like this. On that medieval side, the point, the Shia point is certainly Iran. And all their proxies to the region, the Shia militias in Iraq, The the Shia uh, terror proxy in uh, Lebanon, which is Hezbollah, their proxy in Yemen, which is the Houthis, they're controlling through their proxies and terrorism a huge swath of these medievalists. Again, what I what I say here is Venezuela
0: Shia. Is it even a Muslim country to begin with? No, absolutely not. And does Iran support it? Nevertheless, yes. Yes, they do. Syria is a secular country. And then they'll say yes, but Assad is 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 uh uh Alawi, and therefore he's Shia. Yeah, guess what? His wife was born Sunni, right? You have Christian minorities, uh, Jewish minorities, whatever minority you want, uh, Armenian, Kurdish. You'll find it in Syria. It's still a secular country. Um, There's the separation of church and state. Does Iran support it? Yes. You know, they try again to dumb this whole issue down to religion. It's not about religion. They do this because they don't want to confront the elephant in the room, which is that Israel is a settler colonial project. It's about going to someone else's country and taking their home and their land. And they don't want to talk about this. They want to make, oh, it's
1: those those guys
0: with this like radical Islam religion thing.
1: Yeah. They want to distract you. Just throw a bunch of shit in front of it. I hope they never figure out. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening.
0: Exactly, man.
3: The second thing that they did is they embraced Israel, the Trump administration, Jerusalem, the Golan Heights, all these issues that were made where many people said it was going to prevent peace from happening. It will be a big blow to peace. Well, it didn't create peace between Israelis and Palestinians, but that wasn't happening anyway for a century for the reasons we discussed.
0: I I don't even know what that sentence means. The Golan Heights are Syrian, so if you want to make peace, it's between Syria and Israel, not Palestinians necessarily, and not the United States. What the hell does it have to do with Trump? I don't know what this means. It's, it's basically like Donald Trump did us a solid and recognized a chunk of Syrian land that we stole to be Israel so that, you know, they now change the maps in the United States. They change them to reflect Syria's Golan Heights as Israel, right? Yeah, okay, he did you a solid, but that doesn't mean there's peace now. You're you're still bombing Syria every week. I don't even know what to make of this last clip. It's just such drivel.
1: Oh, oh! If it did anything, it did the opposite. Do you imagine the outrage that happened? Can you imagine? Like I was there at the time. I lost it, man. Was going on in the streets in Syria. I lost it. Like it's 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 as something as as simple as you did. You just grabbed a piece of paper and you wrote on it that this piece of land is yours. Okay, and how about Syrians? Are we gonna talk about Syrians? Are we <laughs> gonna include them in this deal? No. No? Of course no. not. So, no, if by any, if it did anything, it made it worse, a oh, lot yeah. worse. If you can ever, and I can see that coming in the future, peace can come, governments will come and go, and if they're playing on time, man, it is a possibility that they're gonna have peace with the government of Syria. One day, I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if it's possible, but I know for sure that the people are never going to truly accept having a colonizer and a settler right next door. They'll never accept it because, again, it goes back to the idea of injustice, the idea of someone lost something. And you don't want to live deep down whenever you want to go to sleep, man, whenever you put your head on the pillow. You never want to live in a world where injustice is, is taking over. Where you know someone is is actually deprived of something, or like someone, uh, I don't know. It's it's hard it's hard to put into words. I swear, it's just it feels wrong, and you cannot accept it. It's as simple as that. Yep. And that's why people are supporting the Palestinian cause. This this is why Arabs stood with Palestinians for the last seventy years, and it's not going to change. Doing something like that, as outrageous as what Trump did. Is only going to make things worse. They yep. made it better. As you said, it's a solid for them, but not for us.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You can't have a peace process when you don't include the other side. There were no Palestinians and no Syrians present at this thing. What, what kind of process is that? Who, who, you know, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding with this? It's, it's literally, it's uh, exactly
1: uh, like what Jordan did right now. He's having a conversation with, with, with the ambassador. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, a pragmatist. It, it, he, he he describes himself as someone who takes an idea and he he goes over it a thousand times before he speaks it out loud. Then why the fuck didn't you do that here?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. just going to
1: accept anything that he says. Is that how how things are done right now? You're an academic. Yeah. It 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 was just it was just sad watching it. I swear. Absolutely, you know, this, this guy,
0: like you said, he, he portrays himself as some intellectual and, and he is an academic and, uh, you know, I, I just don't understand why he, like you said, has, you know, a one-sided conversation. Uh, he didn't invite a single Arab. It's not even about Syrians or Palestinians. Invite a Moroccan. I don't care. You know, he he, he just talked to an Israeli ambassador who's obviously very biased, who's distorting basic history. He didn't even bring someone from the UK. Could have asked me. I'm more than happy to go over the Sykes-Picot. You know, th- th- this is this is really egregious and, and unbecoming of someone who calls himself an academic. And, right. um, you know, I, I, I really think that uh, in this case, uh you know, he he should refrain from from perhaps delving too deep into politics. I'm yeah, trying to be yeah, as diplomatic as possible.
1: Totally <laughs> he, he had one saying, he had one saying once he was talking about the, the queen, the death of the queen, and they were asking him about the situation, like what, what's going to happen, I'm not going to go in, uh, too deep into this. But at the end, he finished it with saying, we are all the beneficiaries of the atrocities of the history or of our history. And that's such a beautiful thing to say. Like, he's he's basically letting people accept that we've done bad shit and it's about time we do better. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing we can do about the past. And that's such a lovely thing to say, again, for a white male in the UK talking about the death of the queen. But in these scenarios, I personally am not the beneficiary. I did not benefit. People in Africa are not benefiting. People in Iran, Yemen, Palestine, Libya, Iraq, Venezuela, fuck, the entirety of South America, except for a couple of countries, they are not benefiting, man. You can accept what you're doing or what you've done across multiple timelines, but you cannot simply state that the other side should accept it without any
0: any reaction. Right, right. and I, I, what what really is incredible to me is that you have people like you just said, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson you were quoting, or others who are, you know, Uh, Canadians, Americans, British, whatever, who are accepting the, the colonial atrocities of the past, and yet they want to ignore the ones ongoing right now. It's very easy to say that. Oh, I'm sorry for slavery. Yeah, okay, great. I'm, what about what's happening in Palestine? That's also directly related to British and French colonialism. You don't seem to care about that. That's something you can do something about right now. You can actually use your platform and educate people about colonial atrocities that are still impacting, uh, you know, the Middle East. Or, or wherever, pick any region you like. You'll find impact in Africa. there's still to this day,
1: they don't do it. It's so convenient, exactly. right? Exactly. That's my point. It's 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 about like that's my criticism of that quote. It's the quote is beautiful, and you can apply it. But you're a part of you or a part of the population is just simply not going to understand that. Oh, okay. I need to learn from the past in order to stop doing it in the present. Oh no, they're just ignoring the fact not looking at it, and that's it. Life goes on. People in the Middle East still struggle. People in Africa still struggle. You're not going to learn from your lessons, and you're going to stay the same. So no, that's it, simply, no. This is the
0: video in case anyone wants to torture themselves. It's called Arabs versus Jews. Maybe not. And it's from Jordan Peterson. And already, I, I love the title, like, as if Arabs and Jews are two separate entities, as if we, we don't have Arab Christians like Ronnie and me. We don't have any Arab Jews like the Jewish quarter in Damascus. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's Arabs and Jews are something else. This yeah. is bewildering yeah. to me. It's so bewi- you can bewildering. Be Arab,
1: you cannot be Arab. It's a pan-ethnicity, man. You you as Richard, you can choose to be Arab or not. We can be black, brown, white. We can be Christian Jews. We can be, I love, sometimes, man, sometimes I I have this conversation with people and most of them will go like, oh, guess what? Like Christ isn't white and he doesn't have green eyes. And I say, good job. Now you're step one in being a liberal. Now now you understand that not all, uh, that Christ, if he comes from the Middle East, he's most probably going to have brown eyes, brown skin, and, like, dark hair. But at the same time, I just remove my glasses, and I tell him, I'm from Nazareth. I'm from Palestine. I have green eyes. I was blonde when I was a kid, and I'm fucking white. Like, (laughs) you can be both. It's not – we should stop putting people into small segments because it's 2022. And God knows what 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 you have in your DNA, okay? Like, the you best might thing be o- Arab, you might be Jewish, you might be – I don't know.
0: The best thing it, in Syria is we have so many different, like, tan colors and hair colors. So you have gingers as well. It's I ridiculous. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. We
1: do have gingers. So what are you <laughs> telling me? It's a pan-ethnicity, man. You can be Arab or you can simply choose not to be because it's all about, like – Sharing the geographical location, sharing the language, sharing religion, sharing all that culture, but yet it's different from one region to another. But, but the, the, the they funny thing all is, to he, tell you Arab versus Jews.
0: Yeah, exactly, and and even even the the, I guess the more appropriate term would be Semite. Simply, they take that away, you know. Anyway, Roni, any, any final thoughts that you want to share, uh, with the audience? And uh, remember, everybody's watching. Please hit the like button. It helps the channel. Just go ahead, man. Any final thoughts, anything on your mind that we didn't touch on?
1: Uh, first of all, thank you, man. Thank you for having me again. Uh, It was my pleasure, man. You know how much I enjoy this, but I'm trying to stay away. Like, I don't know if you have, if, if some of the people who, who, uh, are there watching us, were there at the time, I could see Claudia is here. Claudia's oh, Claudia is always there. Is always there. Yeah. But, she is. Uh, I'm trying to stay away because, you know, again, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard watching these stuff. It's depressing. It's kind of hard. Always. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. I, I, mean I, I personally, I cannot take it. I'm always, I only intervene whenever it's about Palestine because it's something like, like strike. It's, it's very personal. But other than that, Regarding this video or regarding everything about it, my final thoughts is that I would have loved if he had someone else to talk about this. I know that he, he doesn't know. That's why he had this conversation with the ambassador. I know that it's supposed to educate people. Unfortunately, he did not. Uh, again, it, it's it sort of, it felt like they had a megaphone with that channel because now millions of people are going to view that video. And I felt like it was my responsibility and yours to talk about it and make people, I would love for anybody from anybody from his audience, help him. I told you, like if you can be able to like interview him or him interview you and like have a simple discussion for 20 minutes, that would be amazing because you would be able to balance the field, you know? Balance and let people know the other side, what the others, how the other side thinks and behaves and who we truly are. People don't know that. And I and I feel that that separation in the channels, because you have a growing number of viewers and audience. And unfortunately, that that's it's like a bubble that only liberals and progressives are going to watch you. We need to reach for, for conservatives. We need to reach for Republicans because, to be honest, we need to reach for them. We need to impact them because they're doing the, <laughs> the most damage.
0: The way I – yeah, 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 exactly. It's all about opening people's eyes. And, uh, you know, the, I was talking earlier about how Biden is like a Christian Zionist, like this weird – uh, so, what is that? It's, what what is a that?
1: Christian Democratic Zionist.
0: Ronnie, you and I, are, you and I are Christian, and we are from we are from the Levant. Have you ever heard anything about Zionism? Because I sure didn't.
1: <laughs> Un, uh, unreal, it's unreal. <laughs> Having <laughs> either him is. Or, or Trump, like Trump oh, was God. the same, but he he did not clearly state it in multiple interviews. Biden doesn't care. I, I doubt he knows what Zionism is at this point. <laughs> probably he forgot. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. Uh, so yeah. That's, that's the entire point of me coming here, man. We need, we need to talk about this more often. We need yep. to raise awareness, at least let people hear this, the other side. That's it. Have a, have, have the voice that we're supposed to have.
0: Yeah, I really hope so. Again, everybody who's watching, everybody's listening, uh, help us achieve that. Share this video, open people's eyes about what is happening. In the Middle East, you know, that this is not just about Israel being some victim. Uh, uh, this is not about, you know, demonizing uh, Palestinians and Arabs and painting them as terrorists. Get get rid of this. Open people's eyes. Show them what is going on. Show them how the United States is pumping billions of dollars into Israel, uh, how the British and the French, they, they carved Tax up the Middle East. Money. Your, it's your money. Annoying. It's your money. It's taxpayers' money. Exactly. They're sending it to kill Palestinians. I was
1: when I learned that, like the Canadian, the Canadian government is actually like providing military weapons or like I don't know what, what it was at the time to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, they sold them weapons I was, to. I was devastated. I'm paying my taxes here. Are yep. you telling me that a portion of my taxes is going to to, to bomb a house in, in Yemen? I don't. I don't want that. I don't want that. No, that's not acceptable. Yep.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a Germany, Canada, the British, all of them selling weapons to Saudi Arabia. And we all know how it, how it ends oh, yeah. up being used. They don't care. As
1: long as we're providing whatever they want, let them fight. We'll provide, we'll provide Israel with weapons. And we'll, we'll provide the ISIS with weapons. And we'll, we'll provide the resistance. <laughs> it of doesn't course matter. Man. As long as we're making money and they're dying. Hey, win, win.
0: No, it's awful, man. It's awful, and we got to open people's eyes. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show. I love speaking Thank with you, cuz it's always a pleasure, habibi, and, you And and we got to do it more often. All right, you promise me that absolutely. you have promised the viewers, not me.
1: Absolutely, man. Whatever right. I told you, I can't do this anymore. But whatever it's about, a Palestine. Yeah, I'm there. I know. I'm there I know. For you. I
0: can barely take it myself. I get it. I get it. <laughs> all right, cuz anyway. it was a pleasure. Take care, and I'll talk to you in a bit. Take yeah. Care. All right. Bye, bye, everybody. That was my cousin, Roni. Uh, I love him very, very much. I haven't seen him in a long time. Of course, uh, you know, the war in Syria prevented that. Um, and I hope to see him soon. And again, please share this conversation with other people. Educate them about Palestine. Educate them about Syria. Don't, don't let the dominant side get away with this narrative. Um, you know, Jordan Peterson has a very big audience. Uh, if you know anyone who listens to him, who looks up to him, who knows of him, send them the video. If you know anyone who who might be interested in politics, send them the video. They're not interested in politics, still send them the video. I think there's so many things, so many facets we touched on today that, that people can learn from, uh, whether it's historical or it's contemporary, whatever it is. There's something for everyone. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. I will be live again um, after tomorrow, on Wednesday with uh, Stella Assange, Julian Assange's wife. Uh, this will be at... Uh, 11 a.m. British summertime. So, let's say if you're in New York, well, that's pretty early for you. It's going to be 5 a.m. Uh, if you're in Paris, it's noon. If you're in uh, uh, Germany, also at noon. Okay, so noon, Paris time on Wednesday. I'll be live here with Stella Assange. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please share the video and support the channel if you can. I'll leave the links to Patreon and PayPal and whatever um, in the description. You've been great. Take care guys.
4: Masalaamun. Bye bye.